All right. Hi, everybody. It is another episode of On Purpose. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and uh, with me, but not really with me, is uh, your very favorite Chicago Tribune columnist, Heidi Stevens. Heidi, how are you? I'm pretty good, John. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, You're in the home office? I'm in the home office. You're in the home office. I'm in my I home office. It right. That's yep. right. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and all is well. Um, are, are you... Are you feeling the ticker tape parade that ends the pandemic? Do you think you, 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 <laughs> that, that's why I'm in the home office. So I have a good view of my street out front <laughs> so I can see it when it when it goes by. No, not quite. Um, and I'm a little nervous, actually, that we have many months ahead of us. Of, I mean, just like, you know, University of Chicago just went to online classes because of an outbreak on campus. It's a little, I, I guess my... I'm still having a hard time wrapping my brain around like, wait, what happened? Because I thought I thought right. the vaccines, I thought the vaccine rollout was gonna keep making the cases go down, and then there would just suddenly be no cases, and then we'd be fine. And I guess it's not happening that way. Um, I will say though, I feel like we're, um, and I feel mixed emotions about this, but I think we're approaching a time where you know life's going to go back to normal-ish in the sense that like a lot of the stuff we weren't doing for a while, we're going to start doing again. I think my daughter's about to go back to school for the first time, um, you know, in person two days a week, mm-hmm. but still in person um, in a couple weeks. My son, we're just keeping home for um, the rest of the school year and they just have different needs and schedules and all the rest. But um yep. But some of that stuff, and, you know, like, I'll occasionally go into the office now, or, you know, there's just, like, the idea of us being constantly together and sort of feeling like it wouldn't be safe to have it any other way, that's drawing to a close. Michael and I are both vaccinated. Um, The Mm -hmm. kids' teachers are getting vaccinated, you know, like, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, So that, I guess I feel that way, not quite ticker tape parade way, but... um, but some sense of normalcy is going to start creeping back in pretty soon. And and I have to admit, I'm not a hundred percent happy about it. I, well, I'm not unhappy about it, but there's stuff that I'm going to miss. Like I just, um, I really do feel tremendous gratitude for the amount of time, if nothing else, the amount of time that I had, with my kids, um, a front row seat to their lives this past year and their conversations and their um, habits, you know, even like during school hours and some of them, you know, we could wring our mm-hmm. hands over, I guess, but like, it's just such good insight into like what they're into and what they're like around their peers and what, and you know, like June will be in class and like have a split screen (laughs) watch Grey's Anatomy (laughs) on one screen have English on the other screen and like make a pie crust for later to put in the freezer and like it's just I'm like okay I know how this kid like I know what makes this kid tick in a way right now that I did not last year and that I would yeah if she were in school and she wouldn't be able to watch Grey's Anatomy and make a podcast at the same time. But like, she's constantly searching for dogs to ask me to adopt, like during class and then she'll like show me her phone. And like, it's like, okay, I mean, 
half of me pro- is thinking, am I supposed to tell her, like, stop searching for dogs and pay attention to class? But, like, it's like, okay, I didn't know how much you wanted a dog. Like, I know that about you now. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just, there's just so much more understanding of them and their minds and hearts and everything right now that if I set aside the voice that's like, I don't know if they're learning as much as they should be, or (laughs) I don't know how you're going to do on the test if you didn't, if I set that stuff aside and and maybe I shouldn't be, but I sort of am. um, I think like uh, this has been kind of a gift um, this past year in that way only. I'm certainly not calling a pandemic a gift, but um, the time has been a gift and, and that's drawing to a close, I think. I think you're probably right. It's it's cool to listen to um, a parent and, and it kind of pointing out the dilemma of the past year and the gift of it. Like, it, it, no doubt, right, a pandemic is, is god-awful. And, you know, if we think back to March 13th or whatever it was a year ago, um, just the horror and that that never really dissipated and still isn't gone for a lot of people. Um, but... Just that, like, attending to, okay, my kids are here, and we, almost every moment, it seems like parents have had this dilemma of, like, do I observe and marvel and just kind of get to know my kid, or do I kind of press, like, what are you doing? Why, what's right. the pie crust? You, <laughs> right, you're in England, turn that off. Right. <laughs> And turn on the camera thing and, you know, right. uh, and get out of bed. You know, like half the kids I'm talking to, I'm like, yeah, um, we kind of shouldn't do therapy while you're laying down. You know, like, <laughs> could you give me the courtesy of sitting? <laughs> and yet there is this thing about um, really kind of getting to know I, in a different way. Julie and I had the opportunity to get to know George and his girlfriend, Lauren, who had the wisdom, I would say, uh, around April 1st or so of last year to move to our house for three months. And so we spent time with them and we got to know them in a completely different way. And awesome. so that that togetherness was really cool here. And I'll say just like doing therapy, it's really interesting to do therapy um, on a Zoom call where you're like, oh, well, um, what is that up on the wall in your room? Like, how, what, 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 you know, or what, tell me what you're doing in there. You know, like I, yeah. you're actually in there and they can show you, you know, like, here's what I do. Here's right. my setup. Here's the other screen I look at while I'm in class, you know, like, and kids are pretty forthcoming about it. And you do, you're right, Heidi. You, you learn like, oh, this is how you function. This is how you roll. And if this I can is take your a, world, this is your world, right? Yeah. And then there's, and it's dynamic. There's more happening here than I thought, right? With almost and, any kid. And the, and what's happening is not necessarily what you would have known was happening, or or, or known needed to happen. I mean, that that's another thing I'm I'm noticing is like so much of what I would have thought they needed to be good at or needed to learn or whatever, you know, uh, without this front row seat is I think actually wrong or just off the mark like I will watch June write a paper and often she will voice dictate a paper like and then you know (laughs) go through and fix the typos or whatever but like so I didn't I don't know how to do that I didn't know (laughs) like you could do that 
Um, <laughs> maybe I'll start doing it with my colleagues. Um, but just stuff like that where I'm like, okay, they actually know like what skills they need to pick up and master um, and which ones are probably okay to, you know, leave in the past um, in big and small ways that we just don't. Um, and so I think a lot of times it, I have learned to like let go of what I thought was a necessity and honor that they probably know a little better what is a necessity for them in this moment in time. And, and, and alongside that, you know, I'm reading a lot more fiction than I used to um, during this pandemic, which was another thing I'm going to miss if, if mm. it goes away, maybe I'll just make sure I carve out enough time to keep doing that. Cause I love it yeah. so much, but um, I'm reading this Curtis Sittenfeld book right now called Sisterland, which is one of her older books. And the, it's about twin sisters who grew up in St. Louis and like the, I don't know, late seventies, eighties, I think around the same time frame I grew up, I was born in 74. Um, same, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so you had George when you were like four? Or? Yeah. Well, I was, I was yeah. 14, but yeah. 14. Okay. Um, that's fine. That's biologically possible. And I don't judge. I think anyway, not, no, um, right. it was a lucky guess on my part. <laughs> Anyway, um, they, <laughs> she, her childhood and like teenage years in the book, the characters, um, you know, teenage years are filled with like going over to a friend's house after school or coming home from school, popping on the couch and like watching Divorce Court and Santa Barbara and like melting American cheese on a Triscuit in the toaster oven and like very, you know, like nothing <laughs> that you would hold up as like, you know, a pillar of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like American ingenuity or, you right. know, wonderful use of your time. But it just has me thinking how like kids have been ingesting trash in whatever form, like dietary or from a screen or whatever literally since probably the beginning of time and it's just been in different forms like the screen was bigger and plugged into a wall back then and now they're holding it in their hand or whatever um, totally but it just has the timing has been interesting because i'm like reading that and watching my kids and it's helping me kind of keep everything in context of like you know what just like some let some of the hand wringing go just be like a neutral observer on this stuff, you know, to, to you know, for the most part without sort of, yeah. you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Absolving yourself of, of parenting, um, you know, that you still got to guide them a little bit and stuff. But um, I just think uh, it has been instructive and kind of wonderful for me to have this time with them and, and to, and especially when I'm able to not panic over any of it or not, you know, let the voices in the back of my mind going like, Ooh, you better get on that or you better, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, push them in the better direction. Um, you know, like I kind of love when June tries to make me learn a TikTok dance. <laughs> And, you know, instead of being like, I think you need to work on Spanish right now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. That's been um, 
I've I've been enjoying that, I guess. How do you think this would have gone like that that bit of understanding if had either we be we've been talking about this 13 or 14 months ago or if there had been no pandemic? You know what I mean? Like, do you think like mm, I think as a parent, I would have been able to pick up on, you know, the way that June processes things and takes things in for, your, you know, for yourself and your family? Or do you feel like, no, this this changed a lot of how I think about my kids. Like I've been asking all my, the parents I'm working with this a lot and I'm getting, you know, um, not the same answer from everybody. I think it totally changed my understanding because of time more than anything. My instinct and you, you've known me, you know, we knew each other obviously before COVID. Um, My instinct has always been to like be the like, calm down, parent you know like yes. i don't I, i'm not a big fan of um constantly checking the portal and you know having all the i can follow you wherever you go apps and all that stuff it, it which isn't to um uh, malign anyone who does it that way that has just not been the way i have wanted to I, i'm very intent on and maybe it'll backfire but i'm still trying it this way i'm intent on getting my kids to check their guts and listen to their guts. And I worry that if I put too many safety measures in place where I <laughs> intervene, intervene before mm-hmm. they have an experience that they, you know, would need to listen to how it's making them feel or, or, or make a call uh, to do one thing or the other. I, I, I worry that that sort of, stifles their ability to to listen to their gut or um develop that skill i guess so anyway pre-pandemic almost, i was almost feels like the most important thing doesn't it like that that uh, allowing your child to follow that gut instinct and like either learn it's like spot on or mm, this led me in a way in a direction i i would prefer not to go. And so I'll learn from that. And my, right. you know what I mean? Like maybe I'll, my gut will adjust itself a little bit. And, but, but if we take that away, that's, I, you just, you just beautifully portrayed how I feel about like trackers and portals. And I don't take anything away from anybody who uses them because they're there. Like the, the fact that they exist kind of suggests like, well, press this button and check on your kids' grades, right? You know, like it's-, it's And there it's, are uh, times you need to, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And every kid has different needs and yeah. every family has different, you know, red flags they need to watch yep. for and all that stuff, of course. But I, I do think like regret is a learning tool, right? So like, I think it's okay if you fuck up and then <laughs> feel what that feels like and have to- try harder not to do that next time. Or, you know, like, I I just think a lot of learning happens with trip ups and mistakes and bad judgment and, and it's okay to have a little bit of that. And, and it's okay to just have a little bit of fun too. I mean, back to like the divorce court, Santa Barbara after stuff, like it's, I'm, I'm happy when I walk into the kitchen and my kids are doing something totally frivolous and not at all helping them get into college, but just (laughs) helping them like experience joy. Um, so that stuff, I, that's not like new to me. Like, wow, the pandemic changed my whole way of thinking. Like that was kind of already my thinking, but I did not have the time 
yeah. um, with them, you know, especially my daughter um, was always on so many teams and in so many clubs and had so many practices. And one of her sports was gymnastics, which they practiced four times a week. Like, you oh, know, right. these are going all the time. Yeah, right. it was a travel sport. And so, um, so just the, the sheer number of minutes we spend together and conversations of theirs either that they're having with each other or with their friends or with me, like the volume was just something that I can't really imagine us ever getting to have had without a pandemic, you know? And yes. And, and do you think it's kind of like, this is what my hope I suppose is that this is money in the bank in a way like this, this is, I've gotten to know you We're connected in a different way. I understand you in a different way. So that's been the odd gift of the pandemic. And now as, as we go forward, things become more normal, certainly by um, August and September. My, my hope is that, you know, things are far, far more normal. I think they will be. Um, do you feel like, wow, things are probably for my family, maybe for other families going to go way smoother just because we've had this this time to connect. And I, I get it. I get it better now. Like we parents, we get it better now. And so we're going to offer a little more latitude and a little more grace. And, you know, like if there's a little Santa Barbara and, you know, like Velveeta involved in their right. lives. <laughs> Metaphorical Velveeta. <laughs> exactly. Um, that, that, you know, maybe we'll recognize like, okay, this is not catastrophic. This is being a kid and, you know, and ingesting some of this crap is fine. This is, this is what I did and we're, and things work out, you know, like, do you think that there's going to be a calming of the, uh, uh, kind of broad parental mind, or do you think that we're, we're more collectively alarmed because our kids are falling behind? So it's hard to know how to answer that without knowing what's ahead of us, right? Like, I do think we, have to be mindful of how many ways this past year has been hard on our kids and how much they're struggling in a million different ways and how much they gave up and lost. And, and some kids lost, you know, their parents. Um, yeah. and it, it's hard to take my, you know, sort of little grateful moment and, and spread it out broadly into like how this will change parenting, but I will say for me, I think I have a better handle on what some of the things are that my own kids might be struggling mm. with. And, and I'm probably more sympathetic to those than I would be if I didn't understand them as well. One of them is like, you know, I've talked about this a little bit, but like how different it is to grow up right now as a boy than it is to grow up right now as a girl. And I, and, and my kids have, you know, arguments about this and, and, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to me. And I, and I have so much empathy for my son, especially when I watch them have these conversations. Um, and, so this is just, you know, again, a thing that I don't know if I would have understood as well if if I if they weren't home together having these mm -hmm. conversations, if I wasn't sitting there next to them watching them have the conversations. But like, you know, it, something like, you know, June will say something about like, well, that's why, you know, it's so frustrating that 
you know, teachers always think boys are smarter. And Will will be like, what? What? Like, teachers <laughs> all think girls are smarter. Like, right. I mean, it's just like a, a, a look in a, on his face. Like, I'm so confused. It's like, you just told me one plus one is five. I'm like, right. I'm not even processing it. Like, and, and both of them the are telling the truth. They're, they're, both they're, telling they're, the what truth. What they absolutely believe is true. Yes. A right. thousand percent. Yeah. He's like, teachers <laughs> all think girls are smarter. And she's like, teachers only call on boys. And he's like, oh my God, teachers only call on girls. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's like they, it, and they're both giving their authentic yeah. experience. Um, and you know, she'll say like, well, it's just frustrating. Cause all the coaches are like, Oh, boys are better at sports. And he's like, what? Like <laughs> coaches <laughs> all would rather coach girls. They all think girls are better at sports. Like, and, and it's just like the world is changing so fast and in ways that are so good, um, all around them. And, and I think more, I will say more so for boys, it's confusing because it's like they're still growing up in a world that it makes awful, awful, awful mistakes on behalf of girls and women. But they, in many ways, have not been part of that problem, especially when they're right. young boys. Um, and, and their experience is not the experience that someone a decade or a generation older than them had so they're not really they don't really get it and then and then they still sort of feel a little bit indicted by it and it's hard to even talk about and and I like watching them try to talk about it um yeah that's but gotta I, be cool it's cool really? yeah. um and it's a little bit heartbreaking for both mm -hmm. of them um but it's also like that kind of stuff is like I didn't know. I didn't know that really. I I could have read a book, and I certainly have, about you know <laughs> the crisis, you know the boy crisis in yeah. this century or or this decade or whatever, um, or you know Boys and Sex by Peggy Ornstein. Read it, yeah. interviewed her at Women Children First. You know, like you know, I've done the fan events, like, but to watch your own kids, like you know, grapple with this stuff in real time. Like that's for sure going to change how I parent them and, and just understand them as humans and, totally. and empathize with them. Um, so I don't know if that really answered your question, but like, it's another one of those things that I don't think I really knew the ramifications of when I was just sort of like reading about it. Or, That's super, super you know. interesting, Heidi. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm thinking about, um, so this has been like a, a really wild year therapeutically, like clinically, um, more and more. I mean, if there's, we're talking, we're, we're hinting at some of the good elements that have come out of a horrific pandemic. And one of them is that, um, Parents are less reluctant to bring their kids into therapy, um, and the therapists uh, that I know that work with with the teenagers in particular, you know, um, are busy, busier than ever, and there are boys and girls coming, um, you know, it, with way more frequency than they did a year ago, and so the taboo around like. I'm having a hard time or I want to maintain my wellness or I want to talk some things through is, is kind of open to 
for both genders now in a way that I think it wasn't even a year ago. But you can feel a distinct difference, if I'm being totally honest about it, between like an initial session with a girl versus an initial session with a boy. Like um, I'm thinking about what this one girl I worked with, I was telling you a, a little while ago, um, I, I'm working with some really um, cool, fun girls. And, and, um, and, and what, what typically happens, and this, um, this is a broad brush that I'm painting with here, is a girl will come in, sit down, um, say hi you know we'll, we'll and then get going like uh -huh. um, immediately kind of like you know so here's the thing and, right you know, and, and, very efficient and i realized you know like uh, i feel like um you know well i went to grad school and i've been doing this for a while i should impart some wisdom i should say something you know like somewhere yeah. <laughs> somewhere during the hour i should interject right so money's going to be exchanged right, from, right, from right. their parents yes. or your i'm running wallet. a credit yeah. card <laughs> <laughs> but but i will tell you and if you know you know if you're a parent of a girl i'm working with i promise you this is all in good faith but yeah. <laughs> normally i i i say very little and i'm i do a lot of nodding because because they just girls have this ability to kind of like process and the, you know, a, a lot of the things that are in the way for boys, just getting started, just getting off the blocks. It's not there for girls. Girls are okay. Like, you know, they recognize inherently almost that there's strength in this vulnerability and I'm going to go to the heart of things. And this is what I'm uncomfortable with. And, uh -huh. and it can be really like the toughest stuff. And they're like talking about it within five minutes of they'll gauge, I can feel them like gauging, like, do I trust this guy enough? Okay. I'm, I'm we're, we can go, you know, like we're, we're yeah. going to talk. And, and some of the boys I work with are there. And I think there's for boys, even now, there's still this element of courage just in coming in and sitting on the couch. Right. Oh, um, sure. And, uh, and there's this, um, you know, we, we still, I think don't, raise boys to be, you know, and, and this might be a subtext of parenting. I think we try to express to our boys, if you're having a hard time, I want you to come to me. I want to hear about that. But underneath it all, I think there's this, still this idea that mm, we're supposed to be stoic. We're supposed to be emotionally unexpressive and cool. And, and so it takes work for boys to kind of get to just that starting place where girls right. are a lot of work. Well, because even if you have parented them that way and done a perfect job of it, which who has uh, done a perfect job of anything at parenting, it gets <laughs> undone as soon as they get to school, right. Yeah, or get sure. to practice or get to, you know, the platform at the L where they're waiting. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you're still, you're still probably a lone voice in their wilderness if you've done it that way. Oh yeah, for sure. And it is, um, I, I, um, you, you've probably run into some of this heartbreak and, you know, like, and I, I, um, uh, have this, like, I, I get very kind of probably very connected to the kids that I work with. And, you know, some of the boys, when they get to like middle school and they start hearing, um, the way some boys talk who might be developmentally in a slightly different spot than they are, mm -hmm. or they see the vaping for the first time. You know, they, they get kind of like 
traumatized by it. Mm -hmm. And, and at the same time have to be like, Oh yeah, that's cool, man. Like, right. (laughs) I totally. (laughs) Yeah. No, you can't be traumatized to see. I'm horrified to see porn on the phone, but I guess I have to stand here and look at it, you know? Right. (laughs) Right. Like Matt Gates's congressional colleagues. I don't think you should be showing me that naked (laughs) photo, but I better act like I think you should be right here on the house floor. I think we're supposed to. I think there's a bill uh, that we're supposed Uh, to be discussing. I'll pretend (laughs) this is a screenshot of the bill. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but honestly, didn't that start in like? middle school that training for sure right yes yeah i mean and and um and so yeah you you though know, i I, th- I think boys are um way more sensitive um at the core even even the roughest toughest rumbly tumbly boy is still like you know this really really sweet kid and you totally know and I just, right and 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 um and we, and, and they, they put these demands on each other, but I think a lot of it falls on, on us and the way we kind of, um, acculturate them. And, uh, and I think a lot of it falls on dads and, 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 and modeling, and we don't always attend to how we do this very well. And so I, I, I fear that we have this generation of like these really, really sweet boys who are just looking for their place, you know, like, like, right. um, and, and I don't really know, sorry, yeah. no, go ahead. yeah, I totally agree. And I don't really know how much more evidence we would need before we would acknowledge that when, you know, is it a hundred percent? It's close to a hundred percent. If it's not of, you know, gun violence, uh, in this country is committed by men, boys or men. And, um, you know, the, you look at the capital insurrection that was, you know, majority male and and these, I'm not saying these things to condemn men. I'm saying these things to, to back up your point, which is like, it's a, they, a lot of them don't feel like they have a place where they belong and, and, and feel maligned and rejected. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I wish, again, I'm not justifying turning to violence, but it's like, can we at least all acknowledge that there is a crisis yeah. um, and that it starts young and that we do have not only a chance, but an obligation, I think, to address it. Um, oh, you know, for those sure. feelings of isolation and not belonging and um, not allowed, not allowed to feel vulnerable or, tra- you know, traumatized by the expectations put on them or whatever. Yeah. Um, because and it allowing have- masculinity to kind of like include that. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, like, um, and, uh, and I think there's a, there's some movement, right. You know, you see like certain, like, you know, athletes and, you know, and, and, and coaches and, mm-hmm. um, actors and, you know, uh, who are willing to t- talk about their, their struggles and their mental illness. And, you know, there's, there's a, small subset, I think of male, you know, heroes for lack of a better word. That's not the word I want, but you know, be people just willing to say, yeah, you know, I role models, that's okay. role models, doing it yeah. a different way. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think <laughs> this is going to sound like it's coming out of left field to a lot of people, but like 
the Lil Nas X stuff. You know, I was texting you from Michigan because my son was like, oh my God, watch this video. And which I was like patting myself on the back about because I was like, wow, when I was 11, I would not have wanted my mom to watch that video with me. Um, Right. right. (laughs) Actually, I'm 46 and I still would not watch that video with me. (laughs) Oh, my mom is 90. She will never hear of Little Nas X. I will make sure of it. (laughs) We've literally never had the birds and the beast conversation. (laughs) Not one time. Anyway, both um, children immaculately <laughs> conceived. <That's>... Totally. <laughs> and birds and bees were not part of the Lil Nas X video to, for anyone who hasn't seen it. There were no birds or bees. Uh, there was Satan and a serpent and some stuff. And I yes. thought it was brilliant and so did Will. Brilliant. And, um, Satan, Satan and twerking in the same moment, which totally. is a little something. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I would hold him up as a role model for a, doing things differently. I know there's a lot of people who are like retching right now, but I think, you know, the way that he framed that entire conversation of like, okay, uh, you Christians, um, and Mm -hmm. sort of, um, you know, shame lovers have spent, you know, my whole life making me hate myself or telling me to hate myself and that I'm going to hell. Now I'm going to go ahead and embrace it. Like, okay, I'm going to hell. It's going to be fun. Um, and now (laughs) you're condemning me for saying that I'm going to hell, but you guys are the ones who told me I was, um, and like, I, I will not live a life of, self-loathing anymore deal with it um and i love that um i love Love that message for any kid (laughs) lgbtq spectrum or not right just like um yeah i'm not gonna live in a way where i hate myself um i'm gonna live in a way where i embrace my whole self Totally. No, I, I actually, I'm really glad you brought that up. That's such a, that, that's such a perfect adjunct here because, um, the way it's packaged, uh, you know, you feel like parents can go one of two ways and I've definitely witnessed the kind of like, you know, well, I, I find that tasteless or, you know, um, and, and there's part of me in the same vein that you were talking about the Curtis Sittenfeld book, boy, talk about this. I, I want somebody to try to diagram the way that this discussion has gone because we're, we've been like, I think we're circling back like eight different times. Um, but in the same way that you talk about like, you know, the way we kids were in the seventies and the eighties, um, with the metaphorical we, Velveeta, right. With the meta- uh-huh. metaphorical Velveeta, I think about like music, uh, for, I have that written down here and I'm thinking like, you know, when I see parents who are like, you know, well, I just, you know, the, the rap and the hip hop that the kids are listening to, I refuse to listen to that. And I'm like, oh, my God, do you not remember, you know, how, what your parents <laughs> right. said to you like, <laughs> right. about whatever it was that you were listening to? Like, like, you know, it speaks to kids, right? That's what we, the reason not listening to it just because they're like, I'm going to test my dad to see, you know, how much he can stand of little Nas X here. Right. It's no. more like this means something to me. Right. And, and, yep. uh, and if you can get down to that and, you know, understand that, I think it goes a long way toward like fostering a connection and a soft place to fall. And, um, 
and a, a deep level of understanding of like, oh, okay, this is part of what you're about. Um, and what I love about Lil Nas X is he knows like uh, the way to get this message across. It's it's got to be provocative. It's got to be really loud. I've got to I've got to push the yeah. envelope in order to make this work. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise it's just going to be another video that people got to scroll past. But right. Um, I literally didn't know people still made videos. (laughs) I didn't either. (laughs) I was like, video, what do you mean, like on MTV? I don't know if we get MTV. Is it VH1? (laughs) I'm I'm not going to act like I know. (laughs) Because I absolutely don't. (laughs) It's like, no, it's on my phone here. Uh, (laughs) But you're right. Like, you have to, you know, be loud to cut through the noise or even get noticed. And also, whatever. You deserve to be loud. It's a good message. I mean, whatever. People, you can argue that giving Satan a lap dance is not a good message. But, and fine. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but pushing back against the hateful shaming rhetoric of right-wing Christianity against LGBTQ people is helpful. Uh, I, I agree. And, and, and I think, you know, maybe fundamentally, you know, thinking back to the hour here, if we can just, if, if we can kind of eliminate shame from the equation, if nothing else happens in, um, in the way we are with our kids, our boys and our girls, you know, like, man, that's, that's a big deal. Right. Mm. I mean, you know, like they, they carry, I, I can say like, you know, one thing I know is they carry so much of that around Mm. and, um, and to add to that plate, you know, even a, a little bit could be the tipping point that, you know, puts them into a place that is diagnostic as opposed to something they're just working through. And, you know, Man, it's they, they they're so such in a better place when they're just like working it through and finding their own like um you know regard for themselves. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Well, I think we fixed it. I think that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's like two weeks in a row of fixing it. I know, I know. I mean, it's there really was impressive. like a month in between the two weeks, but if you just <laughs> go by our podcast timeline, um yeah. We fixed yeah. it twice in a row. Right. So, yeah. so we're, on, we're on a bit of a roll. And I, a bit of a roll. I, yeah. I'm going to think about what we should wear to those podcasting awards. It's, right. A vest, it's tricky. Obviously. Yeah. I'm definitely a vest. Yeah. Like a sequins vest? Do you have one with sequins? Or? Oh, I will. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to do, do something special with my hair. Uh, I think you should. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I might do something sure. special with my hair too. We'll see. I got. I'm, I'm going to try to go for a Matt Getz look. You, I, I think I just need to. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and we could go. We do not have time to go where we probably ought. We would love to go there. No, so, we don't. Uh, but we'll have another. We'll have another opportunity in a month or two or something. Perfect. All right, good talking to you. Good to talk to you. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you next time.